excited to be back at yeah. the Hope Ignited table today. You know, we've had a lot of cool guests, but we don't always get to have our family members yeah. in the studio. You know, right. this guy hails from Amory, Mississippi. Yeah, try, can you spell Mississippi? M I S S I S S I P P I. Because of the thing you learn in second grade, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the way to Frisco, Texas. Yeah. He's had some really impactful jobs. We're going to dig into all those jobs. Mm -hmm. But I just, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. We, we've had your mom on the podcast, mm -hmm. but our family, our yeah. brother from another mother yeah. is here today. You yeah. guys One give it up. One of the most inspirational people that we know, Mr. Ernest B. Ernest Morgan. Morgan. <laughs> Ernest B. Wow. Well, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here, Ashley, and, you know, you and Kevin, and, you know, I just think it's amazing just to be in this position, you know, Doug, Kevin, Ashley, all of us together. Yeah. Uh, it's doing humbling. life together. Yes, yeah, doing right. life together, all the way in. This yeah. is our table. You get to have a seat at the Hope Ignited table. This is where we come together to tell our tales and stories of inspiration. When we really think hard about people that inspire us and who gives us hope, Ernest, you're on the tip top of that list. And I'm just excited after mm -hmm. all these months we finally got you in studio, so thank you for being here. Well, let's talk in a second about what Ernest has done here. I think these are some pretty interesting things. Um, he we'll, we'll get into this, but he came to uh, Frisco uh, to sell cars a few years back, became the number one sales car salesman at Crest and top 6% in the United States. No big so that, deal. No big that deal. indicates that you have a pretty good personality. I think you have to to be able to uh, win that many people over. While you're there... You're having all these conversations, and if you know Ernest, you know that he is just an open book. He's going to tell you what's on his heart, and so he starts building relationship with people, and and uh, God and his relationship with God is extremely important. And so in the midst of all that, he's having so many meaningful conversations God put on his heart to start a church. Mm -hmm. so, that, so he starts a church, and what's so interesting is... Um, that's how we kind of got to know him right at the junction of that is when when he was doing both of those. And then a little side hobby, he just happened to be a really good barbecue pit master on the side. And he, he was doing it for family and friends. And again, we'll get into all this, but um, so many people were blown away by this guy's barbecue, which is just phenomenal. That uh, And they kept saying, you need to, you need to uh, do something bigger. You need to make this commercial. And so he decides to go, just go ahead and up and start his own barbecue company. And uh, in addition to that, he's uh, he's been married to a wonderful lady named Cicely since 1996. My sister. Yep. Mm -hmm. Amazing woman. And then he's got two really phenomenal kids, Tyler and Taylor. And so we're excited to kind of dig in a little bit. Ashley, you want to? Pit master to the stars. I want take us back, Ernest. Look, I'm, we can spend hours talking about this, but just a quick tidbit about a lot of people don't realize you've been doing barbecue a long time before Frisco. Take mm -hmm. me back to Mississippi in the early barbecue days. Early barbecue days, I started cooking barbecue in basically 2002 uh, in Mississippi, and I started out cooking for the church. Uh, we had a smaller ministry in Mississippi. It was called Greater Love Faith Cafe, which the restaurant, little small building, but the church called Greater Love Outreach. And I started cooking barbecue back in Mississippi. My mom was standing inside the highway and stopped traffic to try to get people to stop and eat with us. We'd be on the corner. Was a she small, a sign spinner? Yeah, just, <laughs> just, just, just in the middle of both. I'm talking about a one-way street. Yeah. Well, it would yeah. be here one way, but there yeah. was two-way. But she would stand in the middle and just stop traffic and try to get them to come try my food. 
Yeah. Well, I couldn't cook nothing, but I tried. I, yeah. It took me a long time through trial yeah. and error. It takes, but I was it just trying to keep the church going. And so yeah. I would just cook and we would use my mama's sauce. And that's how I started. So Mississippi, arguably the greatest barbecue in the world, right? I mean, yeah. uh, did you have a lot of tough We're critics early on? We're going to get a lot of hate on? mail for that. There's going well, to be a I lot mean, of haters listen, I, emailing us. I know, I know. You know, you got you got Kansas or St. Louis or whatever, Texas, Texas of course, Austin, uh, Frisco. Well, don't get it twisted. He got to Texas as fast as he could to bring that barbecue to uh, Texas. He, he did. But that being said, early on, were people really critical? Were they like, "This is terrible"? This or is you too don't vinegary. Have a special, yeah, you get a lot of and, and, I, and I and I would be I would be honest with you, you know, because I was in the most African American. Um, environment so it was very competitive most oh, yeah. african-americans can cook barbecue is yeah. like you raise and they got like multiple generations oh yeah of recipes, generational right? they granddad and all, and all that. that so you know you're talking about um having to be really good to even win over people yeah. that i knew yeah but also you know to be able to attract people from other towns into this little small city uh that was very challenging but again that's when personality come in i understood it was one earnest even way back yeah. And that day, I would just, you know, the Lord would open doors and people just like my version of barbecue. Mm. No bad barbecue. It's taste bud. It's yeah. the version that you like. Yeah. And and yeah. a little bit of your mama's sauce. That my didn't hurt anything. Sauce really did it. Praise yeah. the Lord. Bottle it up. Actually, you can buy it now, but we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. So you you go from your mom is waving in traffic to eat your food mm -hmm. to you have multiple restaurants mm -hmm. in Mississippi. Let's mm -hmm. talk about that. So I started, you know, on the side of a highway uh, with a. Um, I had a, a Ford Ranger in 2008, Ford Ranger at this time, it's 08, Ford Ranger, and a one little smoker that was connected to the back of my truck. Yeah. And I had my health department and all. It was a lawnmower shop, a steel lawnmower, like chainsaws and all. Uh -huh. The gentleman liked it me. Here we go. And he would let me use his water. So I had a portable sink that I would run a water hose to in Amory and would cook on the side of the road. So people would come up to my pit, no cutting board or nothing. My whole barbecue pit, because I was cooking indirect, so I just had to fire in the firebox. Yeah. But the grill was my cutting board and all. My wife worked at an insurance company down the road as a secretary, and she would take her lunch and help me serve barbecue on the side of the road. And that's how it started Incredible. on side the highway. Started and, from the bottom. Yeah, I hadn't even here. heard yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't yeah. even heard this. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a that's story. That's you really... I really started, I, I basically yeah. cut my teeth on, yeah. you know, on side of the road. Again, in Mississippi, in Mississippi, which is the best barbecue, really, like the, yeah. the biggest critics. Yeah, yeah. But I would just, I would win people over with just, you know, when they come up to my pit, they, nothing divided us. Yeah. They would walk up to the grill, look at me cook. I'm sitting here with yeah. the grill open. Wasn't but a 500-gallon pit. It was small. But I wanted people to know what I did. So I would call them around and give them samples. And we would have lines of people. Well, from that point, I understood this is bigger than me. Mm -hmm. So I went and got a three-bedroom house, kind of like Randy Steakhouse yeah. on Main. I took mm -hmm. a three-bedroom house that was actually, mm -hmm. um, it was depleted. And I had to bring it up to code to bring it to restaurant quality. So we gutted a three-bedroom house. All I had was three-bedroom, two-bath house, and you can only sit in one of the rooms. Wow. And I found a subway in our city that was going out of business and I bought all the small little tables and I put all these tables inside this one room. Well, the, the living room, when you walk in the house, the foyer area, I made it my way near while you wait on my food. I would have all my sauce and everything displayed on this shelf in the foyer of the house. We took the dining room of the house and we built counters and yeah. we made a counter where you walk up to order. I, I had a guy build that in 
And my first barbecue restaurant, they said they discovered me in a three-bedroom house in Mississippi. Wow, where you could also eat fresh. See what I did there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you could. He's a, he's a barbecue could. sandwich. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I started. Okay, so you're there. What? Why did you move to, so again, you know, National Breast Cancer Foundation is headquartered in Frisco, Texas. We've talked about that a lot, which uh, is like a North Dallas uh, area. And, uh, but why did you leave Mississippi? What brought okay, you Okay, so from that point, the first hotel, what we call Mega, not no Marriott, none of those brands, but it was a place called Heritage Inn and Suites, was finally coming to our city. We had a small, two smaller uh, hotels, or they call them motels, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what yeah. that means, mm -hmm. but they was in our city. So this new restaurant was coming to our city, and my place was right on the highway. And it was famous. And the owners of the hotel was from up in Arkansas. They came down and meet with me. They said, how would you like to expand into the hotel? So I ended up going from the house, across the highway, into this brand new hotel. Uh -huh. And I changed the name from Ernest Barbecue to Ernest B's Restaurant okay. inside of a hotel. Here we yeah. go. I was the first African-American within hundreds of miles. I've always been the first of a lot of things. Yeah. But I met, went inside this hotel and opened my first dining and restaurant, brand new, first person ever been in it. And I stayed there for years, but my wife always felt it was more. Mm -hmm. So we went and we was going to open two brands. So we ended up in Tupelo, Mississippi. I had to play some Amber. Oh, yeah. Went to Tupelo, Mississippi. I opened a bigger store with 21 full-time employees and I kept growing, but it was like, I kept hitting the ceiling. Mm -hmm. So how I got Back to Dallas. Oh, four, I was in Dallas in Bible College. I went to Christ uh -huh. for the Nation. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I, I lived on that. campus oh, there. We lived in South Dallas. Uh -huh. Well, I met this guy uh, named Duncan Maffell. Duncan Maffell was a sales manager at a Duncanville Ford in Duncanville. Mm -hmm. Well, we stayed friends for so many years. And in 2000, after all, I had been there eight years, so many different locations, we still felt like this is good. But it's still more. It's something. Me and my wife have been together a long time. So we both was counting the same page. This good, but it's some more. So I called Duncan because my business started declining in 15. I hit a place where I just tapped out. Uh -huh. I called Duncan. We had, we've been friends since 04. And I said, hey, man, I'm coming back to Dallas. I'm getting out the restaurant business. I'm changing locations. I'm coming back. He said, well, you got to come work for me. I work at a place called Crest. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And now I'm the general sales manager of the whole dealership, Volvo, Cadillac, and Infinity. Mm -hmm. I can't help you per se, but I can give you a job. So were you like uh, car salesman? Did you did you wrestle with that and go like I don't know what I'm doing on this or did you? Yes, yes. So like, I had okay, some I experience working for Duncan in 04, Yeah, but I've been working for myself now. Okay, going to be ten years. Yeah. yeah, I've been out the car business, but personalities interchangeable. Yeah, if you can do one thing. You can find a way to navigate it into something else. And selling cars is like riding a bike once you get on the bicycle. Okay. Well, yeah, you're see. in the business of mm -hmm. people. Yeah, you're not yeah. in the business of food yeah. or cars. You're in the business of bridging gaps in the community, in relationships. Like Correct. That's your strong suit. Correct. That's what you're so gifted at. Yeah. Correct. But I agree. I mean, you got to think like car salesmen. Like I understand there's a stigma associated with that. But you blew it out of the water. I mean, this is where <laughs> insert sis this yes. is where we come in right so mm -hmm. i get to know you mm -hmm. and just just pulling the curtain back on my perspective we're grinding at frisco chamber of commerce mm -hmm. meetings mm -hmm. 7 a.m mm -hmm. every thursday morning mm -hmm. we're not missing a beat yeah and there was something about this ernest b morgan who got up there were other car dealers in that room mm -hmm. there were big dealerships there were small dealerships mm -hmm. there were uh well we won't name all of them but there yes. were a lot of them in that room there yes. were a lot of them yes but you stood out 
because of your heart and because of your personality, you were bigger than life. And mm. it's so interesting for me to hear you say, I was hitting a ceiling, I was hitting a ceiling. Because in Ernest B's world, there's no ceiling. Hmm. You, you said something hmm. a second ago that, that really intrigued me. You said, i am the been the first of a, at a lot of things. And uh, that can be horribly intimidating for people. There are a lot of people who never actually commit to follow through to being the first at it because they go, I'm going to be the first and I don't want to, the fear of failure is too great for them. What's your mindset when you're approached with something that you feel compelled to do, but you know that there's no one else to look at, to model after? I really never had a blueprint. I've never, all my life, based on where I come from, my mom, my dad, my brothers, my city, I've never had a blueprint, but I always felt called to a certain places to open up places and bring light to things that uh, people would be intimidated. People would be afraid to even try to do. But I always had something in me. It's more so like I'm never in a place where I let environments stop something I know that I was born to do. Mm. Now, I've turned down a lot of opportunities. I've turned down a lot of chances. I could have took certain things. But it was something about when I came to Frisco, um, it, it kind of resonated with me in a way. But intimidated me, too, because the income bracket from where I started is $23,000 a year. Even today, yeah. I was just in Mississippi two weeks ago. Yeah. Less than thirty k. I moved to Frisco where it cost so much more to live, mm -hmm. yet I felt I was called here to change an environment. Mm -hmm. I come with less, but I had what I needed. That make yeah. any sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so I come with less, but I had what I needed. And what I needed was me to be me, earnest. I never, yeah. every time I go through, you brought me to this new table. You invited me to this new table. My whole life been people bringing me to tables. My whole life has been people bringing me to tables. People appreciated the gift that I had to offer, and I appreciate the opportunity to give the gift. Whatever that gift was, whatever, I try to make it my day to find something that I could change somebody's life, whether it's in food or whether it's a kind word or anything I could do to be earnest. I want to do that. What was your biggest fear about coming to this Frisco table, so to speak. I was insecure because I didn't have what I felt I needed. You know, when I did the demographics of Frisco, I looked at the educational system. I looked at the economic impact. I looked at how the world would one day. When I moved to Crest, we was in Plano on 75. I never heard of Frisco in my life, uh -huh. just 15 miles up the road. And they said, there's a city up the road. We getting ready to build this place. Um, and it's, Frisco is going to take the whole world. Well, I'm from a small town, Mississippi. I think East Plano finna take the world. You know, <laughs> right? you, you're talking about, I'm coming from a two-lane highway yeah. to a, a metro. I'm thinking East Plano, where Crest was at, was like the promised land. I didn't even know what was north. And they said, oh, no, no, no. That's a place up the road called Frisco. And it's going to take the whole United and, and States. For the viewers, uh, this city is one of the fastest growing cities in America and I mean it's entrepreneurial heaven yeah. I mean it really is if you're trying to start a business uh, it's a pretty pretty amazing place so yeah yeah so that's what happened so what I would do um, in my spare time I, my wife by the way she says I'm not going uh, my son's mm. a senior in high school and my daughter's in the 10th grade she said hey right now we got six months to school is out oh, if not you a good feel time. like yeah. if you feel like this is God go and I said well I know it's God I just don't know how I'm gonna get there yeah. And so when I came to Frisco, I had been through a challenging time. And, you know, I moved here with a network of $150 to my name. Yeah. $150 to my name when I moved to Frisco, Texas, living in my van, working at Crest. Yeah. 
to the number one South Bath <laughs> dealership. Not Sell long, I bet. <laughs> See, all you had to do was tell Tyler they've got a lot of good <laughs> golf courses out there, son. PGA's oh, coming, man. son. That's something. That's something. Wow. So that's what happened. Uh, yeah. the, um, you know, uh, Kevin is just the rooms that God would bring me in. Yeah. Um, and I would never take the room for granted or never. Uh, I'm the type of person, if 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 I'm in a relationship with you, I never try to get none from you. Mm-hmm. I'm just earnest. Yeah. I, it's no I loopholes to, to me. Yeah. Um, but I want to be able to call you if I need you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I never call you to take advantage of the situation. I can tell, I can interject on this and give, validate what you just said. There's one time uh, we were going through a really hard time with my family and we were going to have everyone come up to visit. You had just opened up your your barbecue uh, restaurant. It was last, uh, I guess it was last Christmas or a year or so mm-hmm, ago. Mm-hmm. Right? And we called and said, we we got, my whole family's coming from out of town. We got to get some barbecue. And everyone had already ordered, you know, you were already like stacked with orders. And you said, I will make it happen. And uh, you made it happen. You sh- and he personally delivered it to my house, but I just couldn't even believe it. Um, so that my family was eternally grateful for that. That was like that self-sacrifice. And, um, and then, and then you asked me to help you one time and you did. And it was like, it was just, uh, I don't know, it was to come to, uh, your, your gala for your church or something along mm-hmm. those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but that's, I love that kind of relationship where there's this natural give and take where no one is, it's not one-sided in either direction where you're just constantly being asked from and you're you're giving and you sort of resent the person, but then also on the flip side, people that just take, like takers. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're seeing in your life is that you just, you, you give and give and give, you sow into people's lives. And when the chance comes around, they are so excited to help you out. And then what I love about you is that you're, you're not afraid to say, Here's what I need. And that's what a good leader does. You're not shy. It's just being honest about everything and saying, I need help. One example, and we try not to timestamp these, uh, but I, I have to for this example. As you may know, recently, um, the folks that are watching this podcast are listening to it. Um, Amory, Mississippi was hit by a massive tornado that destroyed up to 70% of the city. And uh, you, you tell us about your connection to that. Wow. Yeah, so when 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 it happened, of course I'm devastated. I'm 46 years old. A tornado has never hit our city. Everything around Amer, Amer sit down in the valley, so it sit between. It's hard to get in. It's there. hard to get in yeah. there. Never even, you know, we've got wind came tore stuff up, but this tornado touched down in our city, and just unrecognizable even as I left last week. And so first thing I could do was think about the gala, the money we raised. I took money for my church because I'm looking for a building now. Yeah. But I took 16 churches money. My my office cut 16 checks and I hand delivered to those churches uh, in Mississippi. I didn't just go for my mama. I took resources, clothes and new stuff from Frisco uh, back to Amory and I stayed a week and I bought chainsaws and I bought brand new chainsaws in Plano before I left. Went and worked in my neighbor's yard, my mom's neighbors, people I raised in their homes. I'm getting emotional thinking about this because yeah. I understood that, man, 
God brought me out to send me back. Mm -hmm. This wasn't about to get to Frisco and then abandon the city. It was about Frisco is more so for me is uh, it's my promised land, but it's also for me to be in a position that I could channel resources back to less fortunate people. Mm -hmm. If we living in Frisco and the average income is 150 plus and I'm coming from a town of 23,000, you know, you, you know, that's a different, that's a major difference of, you know, the impact I could be from this place back to Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And so I went back and that it, it took me by storm. I went and met with the mayor of the city, uh, talked to him. And then I reminded him that Frisco and Amory was sister cities because mm -hmm. we share so many of the same values and principles. Right. Mississippi is a small town and, you know, Amory is a small town, Mississippi. Frisco is a, you know, thriving metro area that's coming up. Yet we got the same logo, the same city park, the same. Uh, Discovery Center, you can see a lot of the things that we got in Amory on display is in Frisco, Texas. And so when That's I realized... Yeah, there's God wink. So now, people say God brought me to Frisco. I would never say per se, God sends me to Frisco to open the church, open the restaurant. I came to work for Crest. Crest was in Plano. I followed Crest to Frisco, but when I got to Frisco, I hit a place. Yeah, I hit a place that I realized, wait a minute, this has got to be God because I meet a Ashley Miller. You understand? I meet somebody that saw me in 17 when I was just selling cars with no mindset. You can't wrap your mind around what I do in Frisco. The places, the tables that I'm in, the rooms I'm in, you can't even pay with money to get in the rooms. Right. Yet God brought me to certain places because I feel God can trust me. I'm not after, I don't care. I meet with rich, rich people, but also meet with poor, poor folks. Yeah. But I don't let none of that bother me. I just, I'm just earnest. I want to be a vessel to whatever God is doing. I meet Ashley. Ashley, it was in 17. I'm walking around talking about coming to Crest and buy a car. I didn't know God would bridge gaps. She told people about me. So I asked her a question one day. I said, you had to see something in me. Way back, for what I'm doing now, you saw me then. Anybody can appreciate you when yeah. you arrive, yeah. but very few can see where you headed. Yeah. Like Miss Janelle Hall. Yeah. That's yeah. hell. That saw me at uh Joan London was speaking at National Breast uh, the, mm -hmm. the gala. Yeah, and she watching. seen me for the first time and she said, I don't know you at all. I never seen you a day in my life. But it's some about you in Frisco that God is gonna do something for you in this city that's never been done. Your mom told me that. She says, I don't know you, I've never seen you, but it's a presence on you that I feel like going to help the city. Mm. That was way back. And when I'm seeing all this stuff that's happening now, it was people like Doug that saw something in me. Kevin. So I always think about the relationships that you respect would draw closer to you and the ones you disrespect or draw away. And so you got to know when God placed people yeah. may not be from the same place. We may not been raised the same way, mm -hmm. but we got the same purpose. Yeah. It's kind of kind of fine. It's it, we all got the same purpose, and I just kind of always appreciated kindness. You left, you left Mississippi, and didn't have the means. If if that had happened, and you stayed there, you didn't follow God's path for you, and you stayed in Amory, you wouldn't have had the means, presumably, to be able to help the city. You followed God's path for you into the wilderness, into the risk, right? You go out there, you follow one thread that leads to another. Relationships are everything. You know, relationships are the most important thing. That's what opens doors for you. And you follow, and then, and then next thing you know, you're bringing back 
all these resources back to the community and you come back a different person with different mm-hmm. resources. I think that full circle element of it is probably what had you emotional about it. Yeah. But but I love the fact that you went back there and you know, you're like, what are the practical things I can do? Not just bring them money. What you need chainsaws, you need what whatever it is that you need. And you're getting in there. But I think the thing is that people think that it's all about money and resources. And, oh, if I had Elon Musk money or Bill Gates money or whatever, that I could do all these things, too. And what people don't understand is the greatest source of inspiration is servant leadership. Mm. It's when you're willing to put yourself on the line to pick up a chainsaw to go help a woman uh, across the street or whatever it is. When you're willing to do that, that's what sparks something inside of other people, and that's what creates a movement. Yeah. And I think that's what's so exciting about you were sharing this story before we even went on the air about how one of the one of the large construction companies here in the area they found out about your um, about your mom and and uh, mother in law, I guess, and and your family and back in Amory, and they said, "Well, we're we want to help. We want to." And they showed up. What what happened? They showed up on your your doorstep. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm gonna say something. So when I go back, I'm driving this twenty, you know, this big old. Trimmer F two fifty, and my name is wrapped on the back. I'm, I'm in at a stoplight, and this surgeon, when I was a boy named Woody Brand, he was a surgeon at the hospital. My whole life, Doctor Brand, everybody know him because you're in a small town. You know, you just got a handful of doctors and people that really impacted. Well, he was a great supporter of the Booster Club when I was playing football. Well, he saw the truck stopped in the middle of the road because Amory that small, you can stop in the middle of the road, get out of his truck. He said, I can't believe I'm seeing you. He says, we lost a gym when you left the city. So everybody said, you can't replace Ernest Barbecue. Everywhere I went from Tupelo to Amory, everybody was like, man, since you left, it's nothing here in two cities. You know, two cities. No, it's nothing here. I've been gone eight years, Kevin. I haven't been back 12 times in eight years. Not 12 times. And every time I went, it never was a social visit. Yeah. It was to see my parents. This time, I was dedicated to rebuild. I ne- People didn't even know who I was there on the next street because we were so devastated by the trees. But this gentleman says we lost a gym. Mm-hmm. So when I went back, I began to think about, you know, what could we do uh, that would bring hope? I began to visit people and pray with them, hand check pastors that per se weren't even in relationship with me. We gave Seventh-day Adventist checks, Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Catholic, holiness, non-denominated. I gave checks to every religious yeah. cause. Yeah. It wasn't about what they expected. It's what I heard. Yeah. Well, that's who you are, though. Like, none of that matters to you. You've always been that person. Do you remember the day that you called me? And I know we're running out of time here, but I just want to tell the story because it's one of my favorite moments that we've ever had together. Do you remember the day you called me and you said, hey, sis and Taylor, I don't know where Tyler was that day, probably on a golf course somewhere. But you said, hey, we're driving around and I've got some food in the car and I'm thinking about doing this restaurant. Can I just bring it to you? Will you taste it and tell me what you think? You said, I just I just want to see what you think. And I said, yeah, how much time you got? You said, well, we're just driving around. Do you remember what happened? Mm-hmm. You showed up to my house, and mm-hmm. what did I say to you? I said, I'll eat your food, but you're coming inside, and you're going to eat it with us. Mm-hmm. We sat there for hours and hours and hours that night. Do you remember? My babies were so little mm-hmm. in Sis's lap, mm-hmm. just like crawling all over her. Nothing faced her. For hours, we sat there and dreamed about 
what this next season could be like for you. Mm-hmm. And I just never in a million years thought that I'd be sitting across the table from the high, f- most five-star restaurant in all of DFW. Mm-hmm. High, how many five-star ratings do you have? Well, right now we're 517, 517 right now. And you got, what, you got the Dallas Cowboys are all over you? You well, got like you just said second, it. second, second best NFL team in I the just, nation. Hey, hey, wait a second. I'm, I'm a person to reveal this. I just closed a deal today with the Cowboys on my way here. They bring in the Cowboys to my restaurant in May. Uh, we're going to have a social, Cowboy social. Uh, PGA just called me yep. two days ago. I'm going sh- to be teaching at KitchenAid. they actually giving me a kitchen to oh, teach. Yeah. For the senior for PGA. For the senior, yeah. I'm going to yeah. be there be uh, teaching. They have already contacted me, locked the deal. I never called them. They called me and said I was a selected chef. They're going to bring celebrity chefs in. But I'm going to be one of the chefs teaching on the 27th of May at PGA. It's so many things I could get into that didn't happen to me. But it goes back to Justin Miller. At, I went to meet with them. I walk in his house. I was sharing him about this food truck. I said, man, I want to open a food truck right now. I don't have the resources yet to find a restaurant. But if I can just get the truck going, what Justin offered to make me logo. He said, I'll make the logos for you. And I'm going to see some mock-ups. I, don't want, I said, what it costs? Nothing. I'm going to send you mock-ups of what the food truck would look like. And he began to send me all these different amazing uh, sketches. But we never went to the second sketch because the first sketch he sent me was a God sketch. And that's this logo. That's the logo on the front of my building. That's the logo on my trucks. The vectors to all that stuff. I didn't even have a truck. I was in a car. I was in a blue Nissan car. Talking about a food trailer that I didn't even have a truck to pull. (laughs) Justin sent the stuff to me. He said, hey man, this is what it'll look like. And it just began to come together. And just went from there. Uh, And so... I know we're getting ready to go. So I'm going to back up. My mama sauce, mama sauce, 20 years ago, she was giving it to me for the church. All of a sudden, I feel in my spirit five years ago, I need to put the sauce in distribution. I went to a company in Dallas. Me and my son shows up. They talked to me like a dog. They didn't want to make my sauce. My son sitting in my mix, he got discouraged. I left. I had money in my pocket to get a deposit. I left, humiliated me in front of my son. I never told nobody. Because listen here, I never do that type stuff. Yeah. If I told my past, it's just what it is. But I never wanted my son to see me disappointed. So I smiled through it. I'm heartbroken because my oh, son didn't watch them talk that's to me. so tough. Wouldn't even take mm-hmm. my recipe, wouldn't even make the sauce. Here we go. Five years later, in two weeks... My song's going to be in Hell one day, Sam's Club one day, Kroger one day. I just got my sauces be ready from distribution in two weeks. Two sauces coming in on crates in Cisco. You can order my sauce from oh, Cisco yeah. nationwide. Yeah. And I went from the logo to my face on every bottle. My mama on the back of one bottle, me and my wife on the next bottle. So I created a new sauce Collect called all. Mississippi Vinegar. <laughs> so my vinaigrette sauce would be what you would like a thousand, I mean, an Italian yeah. dressing. I got a vinegar sauce called Mississippi Vinegar. It's Ernest oh, B's yeah. version. It's sweet, hot, and vinegar. Nobody ever seen it. Mm. It'll be out in two weeks. So what I'm getting to, hope, you talking about hope? Yeah. I grabbed hope from a crisis. Yeah. Because I understood that my personality 
And my whole family's survival would be on me being on A game all the time. Mm. Mm. So the way my wife them got here was me being not a taker, but a giver. Yep. Period. I've got here because I've gave so many people something that the seeds have come up. Yeah. And I've never tried to loop nobody in nothing. Yeah. Absolutely. That's so true. And so my sauce will be. In my restaurant and on shelves everywhere in the world. You need to walk back in like Pretty Woman, the scene where the the box is in the bag. Big listen, mistake. Listen, Huge mistake. Listen, yeah. listen. I just, uh, <laughs> full line of my store just finna open up. Ernest B's shirts, hats, all my stuff getting ready to open up. You're going to be able to go to my website. I'm shipping ribs tomorrow. What's your, which website? Ernest Barbecue Catering. Okay, we'll, we'll post that too for sure. I'm yeah, here. yeah. We're gonna be, you're going to be able to do all that in the next three weeks. You'll be able to order. But everything I've said, it's been God. Yeah. I don't even talk about how I get citizen of the year. Yeah. In a place called Frisco. Yeah. Yeah. You can't even For, put that. You, no you one even, knew who you were. You yeah. Know, you you roll in there. You and then can't. <laughs> so when PGA emailed me, they, the lady called me yesterday. She's like, "Hey, we're trying to put together a bio of you, so we can introduce you to teach at PGA." And I said, "I don't really know what to say." So I just went to the link that the city had sent. Yeah. And emailed her that and I said, you take whatever you want and <laughs> use it how you want. Yeah. Yeah. Here's my billboard. Make your so really know. When are we gonna I'm just gonna I wanna have a timestamp on this because I think it could happen one day. When are we gonna have a food network show? Yes. When uh, can I say something to you? Right quick huh? in closing. I was sitting at home Sunday. Sunday. I just had got back from Mississippi and my wife didn't want to go nowhere for Easter. She said, I'm gonna cook. Good. We've been running, running, running. We sitting there eating. And the Lord say, you need to email Food Network. And I said, I felt it, but I didn't. I kept watching well, the movie. Ju- you were just talking about this? That's so funny. Listen. That's I, so funny. The second time it come to me, email yeah. Food Network. I didn't email them. Yeah. Third time, I just found Gaffieri's uh, info. I don't know guy. He don't know me. <laughs> I emailed him. My name is Ernest Moore. And I gave him a synopsis of what I'm doing. Yeah. And I sent him the Texas monthly clip. Yeah. To Food Network, and you you didn't even know that. Nobody know that but you because you said I emailed them. I've already emailed them. Oh, my word. That just happened Sunday. We got stuff to talk about after this because I got a friend that is a celebrity chef named Simon Majumdar who's on the Food Network. God bless you. And it's it's hard to it, – yeah, it's, I always mess up his last name. I just call him Simon. But um, anyway, yeah, big, big Food Network guy. We got to talk more about this. But is there anything so you want to say before we wrap up? Because, I mean, we literally could just sit here and talk. <laughs> this is the problem, folks, with Ernest is you cannot – set a hard stop on anything because you just want to keep talking to him. <laughs> me so happy, I'm so man. glad to be here. Thank everybody. Oh, that's been listening. Ernest part two, Ernest part three. Ernest, yep. But here's the thing. Don't come next time without food. Yeah, yeah. We can eat. Yeah, we you, like we, to we eat. Bring a whole brisket with you. Just yes. stuff it in your back pocket. And we'll see how, how long we can talk with how much food in our mouth. That's what we'll do. Well, Ernest, I can't say from the bottom of our hearts what it means to finally get you here. I mean, we've been trying for a long time, but guess what? We finally did it. Yeah, We, 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 we could say we had him before he was on the Food Network. Yeah, yeah. We knew him when. <laughs> and I just want you to know, Ernest, that every good thing that comes your way, it's so, you deserve every bit yep, of it. Absolutely. I mean, if there were more than five stars, you'd have it. We love you. Thank you for being our family. And we look forward to our very next episode of Thanks, Hope Ignited. Buddy. Thank you, Thank guys. You.